0: You know, I was looking into some strengths-based leadership stuff and different concepts around it, and one of the things they talk about is, you know, that there are really four key roles on any team. And, you know, you don't need necessarily four people, but you need people who could fill those roles. And there's the leader, the doer, the communicator, and the thinker. And, you know, when you're looking at it or you're assembling your team to be the most productive, do you have those key key roles? And oftentimes it's, you know, just because you're the business owner or you're the you're the self-employed, you kind of fall into that automatic role of leader where you have to provide the vision. But you don't always have the thinker and the communicator and the doer in that. So, you know, you have to think about it in terms of I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Looking for clarity and confidence when it comes to decision making for your business, you've come to the right place. You're now listening to the Atomic Business Coaching Podcast. I am Adam. And I'm Tom. And together, we are Atomic Business Coaching. Where our stories are your solution. All right, man. How you doing today? Good. Yeah. Doing well. Yeah, it, yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I am excited about this week. Excited for a productive week. Just trying to get all things organized. I tell you, my time blocking the last couple of days has been awesome. It's really helped me to really shape up and get things in order. So it's been, it's been fun. How about you? Opposite, complete opposite, Tom. Really?
1: Yeah. I had a lot of big projects last week and my kids were home and it got, it got a little bit crazy where I have these things called weekly accountability meetings with Mm -hmm. uh, one of my partners for my other business. And I literally put a zero on the board this week and he went beyond the goals that we need to. But the cool thing is, uh, you know, he's part of my team and he was super supportive of it. And he was understanding. He didn't let me get away with it. Right. But he was there and like, hey, what's the issues with it? How do we overcome it? And
0: now he's a good part of my team that way. That's awesome. It's awesome when you have a good teammate, isn't it? It makes such a difference, you know, and absolutely. It's 100% important to have a good team to support you in what you're doing. You know, I'm looking at the book right behind you right now, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. We talk about all the time with our, with our clients about the importance of deciding who, who is on your team? Who do you need? Who do you need to take certain parts? Are, should you really be doing these things? And, and we talk about it all the time. Um, you know, we were recently working, we we're working with someone who is really trying to assemble the best team. And, and you had shared that that person, thought what they needed X, but they actually need Y. And what, what's that been like, like for that person?
1: Yeah, it's a really great client. He is, he's both worked in corporate. He started a business with a partner and now he is running a business on his own and building a team. And we're at the stage where we are identifying what those team members are. So how has it been? It's been long. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's been long is because this person had an idea in their mind of what the team needed to be. And every time we discussed a certain role or a certain um, Mm -hmm. position, we ended up expanding way beyond that and realizing either that person had the wrong responsibilities in that role or was the wrong type of person Mm -hmm. to be doing those responsibilities. And sometimes we needed to create a whole new role or a similar role that was very adjacent to what this one was because it had such specialties. So it's been long, but extremely productive. And this client is getting exactly what they need out of it, which is identifying who needs to be on their team.
0: Yeah. You know, and it brings up the whole issue of is what do you really need? How do you really go about figuring that out? And one of the things that I've always liked to really look at is, is, and lead by is strengths based leadership, right? Looking at people's strengths and figuring out what is it that I need that I'm not good at, because that's who I need. I need someone to complement that weakness in me. You know, I was looking into some strengths-based leadership stuff and different concepts around it, and one of the things they talk about is, you know, that there are really four key roles on any team. And, you know, you don't need necessarily four people, but you need people who could fill those roles. And there's the leader, the doer, the communicator, and the thinker. And, you know, when you're looking at it or at you're assembling your team to be the most productive, do you have those key key roles? And oftentimes, it's you know, just because you're the business owner or you're the you're the self-employed, you kind of fall into that automatic role of leader where you have to provide the vision. But you don't always have the thinker and the communicator and the doer in that. So you know, you have to think about it in terms of I don't want to be the smartest person in the room at any given time. I want other people to be able to be there to bounce ideas off of me, to think about things that maybe I'm not thinking about, so that I can put forward the best possible product, the best services, and make sure the team is operating optimally. And it's really hard for people to to get to that and to understand that. And you really if you've never built a team before, you, you can't assume that you would know how to do that. Right. You know, I don't I don't think people do enough to
1: compare what's what's happening in their business versus what happens in the rest of the world in mm-hmm. the normal life and you know you could think of whatever your favorite teams are or sports are and just look at it how do i compare that to what i'm doing in business and you know if you think of like basketball and you have a center you have a point guard you have forwards you have guards right. everybody has their own specific role in baseball you know you have a first baseman you have a catcher you have a pitcher they're all part of the same team they're all playing the same game right? but if the pitcher was to be the catcher it would not be a good situation right absolutely not <laughs> and if the first baseman was the pitcher that would not be a good situation and what what i am working with this specific client we do with most of our clients is is identifying not only the roles and there's another book behind me for the, for those of you who are listening and can't see it the name of the book is good to great and what this book good to great really talks about is consistent and sustainable growth i've probably talked about it before on this podcast but they have a great analogy about a bus, your business being a bus. And they say, you have to have the right people on the bus. Okay. You have to have the right people on your team. But then what they say is you have to have the right people in the right seats. And that's what we're talking about here is when you have a team, everyone plays a position, everyone plays a role. And what we just went over with this client was that he had certain, he had the right people on the bus, but they were in the wrong seats. And he was very concerned with like, all right, how do we, how do we take project from beginning to end and he was like i have to deal with this i have to deal with this i have to deal with this and i'm like no i'm like you're the coach you're the coach of the team Mm -hmm. you're managing everybody you're utilizing all their talents pointing out the things they're doing well and saying doing more of that pointing out the things that they need to improve and working on that in practice not Mm -hmm. in the game time and then you're making sure everybody's playing their role at a certain point and they're going with the playbook right Mm -hmm. and that's what this that's what this business owner is really missing is the playbook So everyone kind of does everything, and now what we're doing is compartmentalizing and saying, okay, the pitcher does this, and the catcher does that, and the first baseman does these things. And before, what he did is, it was kind of like little league, like, all right, now's your turn to be a catcher, and now's your turn to be the pitcher, and now you're going to be on first base. Well, in business, you can't, it's not tryouts, right? This is real life, right? You're in a very serious game, and everyone has to know what their role is, but here's the key. You have to be able to depend upon your other teammates to do what their responsibility is, because it usually is
0: directly correlated to your success or your failure as well. Absolutely, no, and that you know that's why we have relief pitchers in baseball, because when the primary pitcher, when the starting pitcher, the game is tired and done, and they've put in their best effort and they can't give any more, there's that relief pitcher that comes in to really help, and that's where you have to understand the dynamics of people's strengths in your on your team. Because if you don't, if you need someone who is really good at relationship building for a specific client or a specific situation, you need to know who you can call upon to do that. Is it you as the business owner? Is it someone else on your team that's really good at that? I and mean, we have a client right now It's a really good service provider. She's a clinician and she does a really great job at providing the service. But when it comes to building relationships or referrals and doing business development work. She needs somebody to help her with that because that's not an area of expertise. And you know, it's like you have to realize what you can do versus what you can't do and make sure that you're filling in all the gaps for the things that you can't do because that's what's going to cause people to struggle. And I think that's one of the things that we have to point out is when people are struggling to assemble a team, is it because they're struggling because they really don't know what they need or are they just afraid to face what Deficiencies or what they can't do, and are they afraid to, you know, to hire somebody to do that? Are they afraid to let go of that control if they bring that person on?
1: Yeah, I mean, usually that's that stems from trust or you know lack of experience. And and what many, you know, most people who come and work with us, they create a job for themselves, right? They're Mm -hmm. they're good, they have a skill, they have a talent, they have an expertise. They go into business, becomes much bigger than what they thought, and they do every little thing that's in that business so they have their way of doing it they have their expectation right. of how it's done and when you hire people you are trying to hold someone to that standard and you almost never can right right so it becomes almost this vicious cycle where you want to let go and then you do let go and then people don't live up to the expectation that you set upon them and then you have to let them them go and then it's like nothing gets done you know i i, right. I have another client of ours right now he recently, recently hired graphic designers and he, he spent money. He hired them. He vetted them. He saw their work. He sent everything out to them. He got it back and he was just so disappointed. It wasn't up to his standards. And he, he had to, he actually went back in and he redid all their graphic design and he, he spent more time correcting their work than if he would have did it in the first place. Right. And the thing was, I said, Hey, did you set the expectations first? And he's like, well, I saw their previous work. So that was my expectation. I'm like, okay, but did you clearly lay out like, here's what I'm doing. And he's like, no, not really. So he had to set those expectations for the next time out. And then the second part about it is, and he admitted this, he's like, Adam, maybe I'm holding them to too high of a standard because when I do this and I was, I was so proud of him because he recognized that, okay, maybe, maybe I'm asking too much of people. Right and what his resolve was is he's having a meeting with them tomorrow and going to lay out exactly, hey, this is what I'm expecting. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. So he's giving them a chance to say, "Hey, no, I, I'm not able to do that." And and then maybe we have to reassess, you know, is that the right person or not. But it was good. It's 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 an it's an evolution and most business owners when they start out, it's it's
0: all that, right? Right? It, and it is an evolution and you're 100% right. And I think that's one of the things that people have to recognize is that when they are trying to build a business, especially our self-employed that are trying to build a business and they're working the job, you're doing everything in that business and you need to identify who your people are that you can get help. And, you know, like in Dan Sullivan's book, Who Not How, he always says the minute you start adding people to your team, you're going to increase your your growth. You're going to increase your your financial income you're going to be able to do more because you've put those people in place but i i think you bring up a really good point about setting the expectations for the people that you bring into your company and your organization because if you don't set the right expectations and they're not crystal clear from the beginning you're going to wind up chasing a lot of things that you don't want to have to chase and it's chasing the person to do their work it's chasing the deadlines it's, and it becomes this this constant game of chase and now it's better that you could have done it yourself. But you had said something a while back. I can't remember when it was, but it was at lunch that we were at and you said about hiring people, you can only expect them to really do 60% or 80%. I forgot, 80% of what you do and not or 60% of what you do and hope for 80%, something like that. Yeah, I
1: use, and this, this is just something that I've utilized throughout my whole career. When you hire somebody, um, I use these three different percentages. Okay. And if you expect anytime you hire someone, if something you've done before, you should expect them to do 60% of the capability that you have. Okay. So if you do a hundred percent, you can only really expect 60% of them. Okay. And that would be considered a good worker. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're doing 60%. Now, if someone achieves 80%, they are a rock star. Okay. And, and here's why we use these numbers. If someone was a hundred percent could do a hundred percent of what you, you could do, they wouldn't work for you. Correct. You would work for them or they would go start their own business or they would go work somewhere else. Okay. So an 80%er, you want them to be promoted as quick as possible to management. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is as a manager, if they can handle 80% and the good worker can handle 60%, okay, that's what happens. The, the worker does 60. The manager makes up that other 20%. And then the manager, Comes to whoever their superiors are, supervisors are, or the owner, and that person makes up the other 20%. That is a team. And the last number that we use is 40%. If someone can only do 40%, that is the bare minimum before you have to have corrective action or termination or things of that nature. So if someone can only do 40%, that's kind of like the threshold of, I can't really keep you on anymore. So we shoot for 60, we hope for 80. If they hit 80, you got to promote them to management. But if you have two people, if you can hire two people that are good workers, okay, no managers, just two people underneath you that are good workers, what what percentage of production would they do in comparison to you? Twenty percent more, you hundred twenty percent, right. right? So that's the point of business, right? right. If you can hire two people that aren't as good as you, but are sixty percent. They're actually going
0: to do more than you. Correct. Yeah, that's and that's people. I think yeah, and I think that's such a refreshing perspective to look at it because people also look at this as, um. People that you hire as an expense and people that you hire are not an expense. They are an investment in your company, in your organization. And frankly, your well-being, you are investing in them so that that you can do the things that you want to do and they support you in accomplishing your goals and what it is you're trying to achieve. And a lot of people look at it as if I'm paying for somebody, I want them to do 100%. But they have to, they have to settle for that 60% be, and, and hope that they find somebody that can do the 80%, like you're saying, and, and be able to be more of that right hand management type director type person so that they can help you manage the other people on your team. And if you don't think of people in that way, you're, you're leading yourself down a road that you're eventually going to become very frustrated. And that frustration is going to build to being overwhelmed. And that overwhelm is going to build to to burnout. And what's going to happen at the end of the day? Your company is going to fall because you didn't set the right expectations for the people that you're investing in. And you're expecting more than what you should be expecting. Yeah. And look, you got to expect the best out of your people, but to a certain extent. Right. I mean, it's not saying that we don't want to promote a high standard, I think you have to always promote that high standard and make sure that you're trying to achieve that excellence. And that is an expectation as a company that you achieve excellence. However, you're only going to be as good as your weakest link. And if your weakest link is 40%ing it, then we have a problem and we have to reevaluate if that person belongs on the team. But if you have five people doing the 60% and you maybe find somebody else in that team that can do the 80%, then you're, you're going to get more out of that. Because if you have that 80 and that 60% to your point earlier, that's 140%, right? If you think about it that way and you're going to get more done with people like that on your team. So I hope that that really reframes for people that perspective. And you know, it's hard to always look at and stay on top of what everybody on your team is doing because you have your things to do too. And I think that's something that you have to really be clear about as the leader and the owner of your business is you have to have it very clearly laid out. What is it that you're going to do? And what do you need other people to do? And set those expectations for yourself to be able to do those things. Yep. So you you had
1: mentioned in the beginning of this that there was uh, four roles, like a leader, a doer, a thinker, and a communicator, right? Correct. So why don't you maybe explain what the differentiation between those two
0: is who they would be what you know like what their responsibility what
1: what is it all about leader doer thinker communicator
0: right so the the leader of the team is the person that is responsible for setting the direction for creating the vision right ensuring everyone is working toward that same goal so the leader is your visionary it's the person setting the tone where are we headed here's where we're going please help me to get here make sure you're you're on par with where you want to go That doer is the person that's responsible for acting and actually getting stuff done. Those are the people that you may task to implement a new standard operating procedure or to carry it out or make sure that it's happening in the way it's supposed to happen because they're going to be the doer. You know, have a lot of people that are self-employed that are doers and that's why they're self-employed because they don't have a problem doing. But as you grow your business and you grow into a bigger business, You have to have people who are your doers. The thinker is the strategist. It's the person who's sitting back and saying, all right, what new ideas? What can we innovate on? What can we change? What can we do better? And the thinker is the one who's gonna challenge the status quo in many ways. And you have to have that person who's gonna question what you're doing. You can't do something for five years and think that's the only way to do it because there's gonna be a new way to do it, especially with all of our advances in technology you're going to need that thinker to find that innovative way. And then, of course, the communicator is the one who keeps everybody on the same page. I always like think of the communicator as the project manager, right? They're, they're holding the project in place. They know what the doers are doing. They know what the thinkers are thinking. And they have to communicate to keep everybody on the same page. And at a minimum, there has to be people on your team that are managing all four of those roles. You can be that visionary and that leader and also be the communicator, or you could be the visionary and be the thinker, but you have to make sure that those four pieces are happening all of the time in your team so that you wind up with a very balanced team approach to everything that you're doing. Yeah. And I would say that most business owners, when they start,
1: are doing all four. So you are, you have to start by thinking, right? And it's, what am I going to do? What are the new ideas here? I mean, because every business basically is solving someone else's problem. That's why people pay you is to solve one problem or another. And it could be anything. But, you know, I really want ice cream. So there's an ice cream shop. They solved my problem. Or you need coaching like us. I'm trying to grow my my business, my practice. You need a coach so that you're always solving a problem. So at a bare minimum, you need someone to start as being a thinker. Mm -hmm. in order to get that off the ground you're going to need a leader in order to set the direction of the team and how we going to actually accomplish this and what are our goals so that in the beginning is usually the same person most of the time you are then that doer right yeah because you're going to implement whatever that is okay whatever the thing is you're providing you're implementing it and then you obviously have to be the communicator too because you are running all those other three areas and you're communicating with your either vendors and your clients and those things. So what would you say, Tom, is, is typical or a good way to look at if you're going to add another team member, which of those four
0: would you look to
1: add first?
0: Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I, I think you have to look at where is your biggest weakness right now. You know, that, that's what, that's what you got to compliment is, is where is the biggest weakness? You know, the communicator, you know, that, that's, that's, to me, that's such an important role. If you, if you're not communicating and, and as the self-employed person, you have to be really good at communicating with your vendors, with your clients, with other people and, and keeping everybody on the same page. And when you don't communicate well, and I see this all, I always test people's communication by how quickly they respond to my email or how well they respond to an email. Or how well they keep me informed of what's going on throughout the whole process. When I don't hear from somebody for a while, and I ask people to do something, uh, that's a little weakness. But I, I think you got to find where your greatest weakness is, and typically, it's it's most likely in some form of communication that you're lacking, and that's somebody that you definitely need to keep with you and keep that keeps you on the same page as everybody else. I get, and that's the reason I asked you is because. I have a lot of business owners that I've
1: worked with over the last two decades that they, the first thing that they choose is the doer, right? They're like, okay, I'm the leader, I'm the thinker, I'm the communicator, I'm going to hire a doer. Well, if you're the best at doing the thing that you are providing, you are selling to your clients, you may not want the doer to be the first thing you replace, but some people will be like, wait a minute, if I hire a leader, do I work for somebody? Well, you can work for somebody and still own the company. Okay. There are many, many people that own the company and they still have a normal role. I mean Elon Musk is sitting in the factory putting putting pieces together and still doing things. He leads the company, but you can still be the doer and be the owner and be the leader and If you need it to let go and someone else needs to lead the direction of what the whole team the whole company is doing, doesn't mean you can't own the company so I like what you're saying there about what's your weakness because Everybody they're always like, "Let me hire the doer, and it's usually the the things they dislike the most mm-hmm. unfortunately, sometimes the way you got into this business is because that thing that you now dislike is the thing you're the best at, right, and what you have to you have to have to come to terms with is if that thing you used to love becomes a thing that you no longer love, well, are you in the right business? Mm-hmm. okay, are you taking on too much of it? I have some clients right now that they have fallen into that trap where they're now doing something that they originally loved and they no longer do so what we're trying to do is minimize how much of it they do okay so they still may want to do a little bit of it but not all of it all the time and that allows them to have a team within a team Mm -hmm. so they're the doer but they could be the leader of the doers okay and they could they could lead by example and show up how to do certain things and then take on less of that so There's many ways that you can build a team. And just because you're the owner doesn't mean you have to eliminate yourself as the communicator or the thinker or the doer or the leader. You can pick and choose. You could be multiples of those. Ideally, what you want to be as a business owner is a critical thinker. Right. And what a critical thinker really is doing, what your your whole responsibility really is, is to analyze everything. Okay. Get all the information, analyze it, make a determination and a judgment on what decisions are going to be made. That's truly your job as the owner of a company. If you want to do other things in addition to that, that's great. But you have to be a
0: critical thinker to be a business owner. Absolutely. Because if you're not thinking, you're not going anywhere. And if you're not trying to solve problems and you're not trying to figure things out, you're going to fall flat and you're going to be stuck. And then you're going to be overwhelmed and nothing's ever going to get done. And it just co- triggers this whole cascade of, of just ineffectiveness that you don't want. So I, I just think it's really important, and the reason we I wanted to bring this up, and I you know Adam and I talked about bringing this up, was because so many people struggle with forming their teams, and so many people have difficulty letting go of some of these things, and just keeping an idea in your head that you need a leader, a doer, a thinker, and a communicator. If that's all you take away from this episode, is making sure that you have those roles filled on your team, and if there's a role that that's not filled right now. And you are struggling. Ask yourself: Is that that I'm missing a communicator? Is it that I'm missing thinking or doing or being the visionary? And did we lose direction on where we're going because no one is holding that? Are we just churning, you know, the pot and and hoping that we figure it out and find that direction? And that's what if you're struggling right now, ask yourself those questions. Do I have any one of these four positions? Do I have all of them taken care of? Because if you don't. That's most likely why you're struggling right now at this moment. Yeah. And that's exactly where we created our company. You know, atomic business coaching was there for people who, who
1: got stuck. They didn't know what next direction to take. A lot of times it stems from that team. And most people who work with us are, are newer business owners. Okay. They're, mm-hmm. it's not that they haven't studied yet. They started, they had some success and now they're hitting this critical level, this critical yeah. mass almost where it's like, I have to make a determination on what to do next. And really what Tom and I have, have kind of put as our tagline is, We want to reignite your dream so you can thrive instead of just survive. And that's what so many people are doing in their businesses. They are just surviving because they created a job for themselves. Most people didn't get into business to create another job for themselves. They got in it because they had a passion about something. They had a dream about something and they realized they can have freedom. Well, that's what we want to do is help you to reignite that dream and get all of that back and do it even better because now you've actually built the foundation to launch this thing off of. So again, like Tom said, I hope this episode was good
0: for you and we look forward to seeing you soon. Fantastic. Reignite your dreams, man. Love it. Love it.